You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 114. of ale arrive. You see them in the distance, riding along the snowy, grassy plains, riding atop. There are five of them, including Ted, spectral steeds. They, uh, their hoofs uh, beating one foot above the ground as they, uh, uh, as they move towards you with incredible speed. Their hair just blown back as they, uh, as they are coming ten times faster than any, uh, uh, than any mundane horse could possibly carry somebody. And they know where you are because, you, I don't know, presumably you gave them an update exactly where to find them. And it's the northeast of the lake and, uh, yeah. And they're good at finding people. Did you relate so, what you heard from them to us, by the way? Uh-huh. What do they? What do they when tell? You, when you talk to them, conversations public. Yeah, conversations cool. with the public. Just to check so I had no reason to keep any of that secret. The five. Uh, actually, let's say they don't know exactly where you are, but you can see them on the plains as they arrive in this area, and they see the forest that perhaps you said you were nearby, and uh, and they Ooh, circle nice. there. They circle their steeds, their spectral steeds, and uh, and come to a stop and start looking in each direction. You see the uh, well. That's that's at a at a long distance, but you know it is them. Do you, do they see um, Bear Jaws they, rock warning? Yeah, they're not they're not all the way over at the forest. Um, they're just they're just in the general area. Let's send them a let's send them an indicator. Uh, something magical or uh, an arrow of a flare. Oilvane's got his, uh, his dancing lights ready. There you go. Uh, yeah. Oilvane. Setting up patterns in the sky above our campground. And uh, they see it. They see it immediately as they are on the lookout. And then their steeds uh, just turn and break towards you uh, at the same speed. I mean, they must be going. They must be going 60, 80 miles an hour. And. Uh, Spectral steeds, steeds oh, uh, that are floating above the ground, and uh, you hear them approaching as the hoofbeats on the air just makes a uh, it makes a sort of soft whooshing noise as each one hits. Five horses all galloping, uh, making that noise. It's like it's way quieter than five horses on land, but it is a noticeable just like pressing of air as they uh, as they ride up. And uh, see your clearing uh, d- uh, below where the dancing lights were signaling them. And then there they are Edith Valor, Bogrush of Clan B- Black Marrow, Valden Meldar, uh, uh, Meldar, and Gloam. And uh, they. Uh, uh, actually, what they do is as they approach you uh, and get within, you know, 
talking distance, uh, the steeds just disappear as each of them lands on the ground, except for Ted, who falls down and stumbles onto his ass. Um, I landed on a rock. And he says, ah, I landed on a rock! And... Wait, my... And who's like standing? Who would be standing in the forefront to greet them? Uh, Baron would be communicating with them, so he's he's standing, all dressed up and reasonably look good looking. His armor's still got a few dents in it from the uh, beating he took the beard's the day looking before. Huh? Beard's looking better. Beard's looking better. You know, it's taking the beard's taking some beating over the last few months as well. <laughs> as a refresher, um, we got their names, but just as a quick thing, there was a dark elf. Yeah, well, we're going to go okay. through all that right now. So Edith Valor, if you remember uh, her, she removes her uh, her helmet and mask and holds it down, uh, revealing her her dreadlocks underneath, and she says, "Bairn of what you think? What they say of?" Bairn, servant oh. of Morden. Edith? And says, Torm, I believe, yes? Good to see you, yes. And, as long uh, as I've lived, I'm still terrible with names and small details and like that. Small details. <laughs> and uh, she says, May we approach? Uh, we are tired and, uh, and could use a seat. Welcome and, to our fire. And yeah. bread and water, if you have beaver. Uh, and Scrim would not as magnificent of these, but we're eating three meals a day, so, and knowing they nice. arrive, he would make sure we'd have some food. Yeah. Is there more beaver? Supplies. He's able so, to scavenge things, being an outlander. <laughs> Edith Valor, leading the group, tall, slender, uh, uh, very, very dark skin, uh, leading the way as, uh, following her is Bogrush of Clan Black Merrill, half-orc wearing, uh, uh, ban- bandoliers of uh, throwing knives and, uh, and other bobbles of liquid. Uh, a uh, holstered on his belt is a flail with three huge metal uh, sort of hexagonal shaped things. He's, I guess he's probably not holding a wolf head in his other hand at this particular moment. I'm not saying he's not. I mean, there's a bogus of Clan Black Marrow. Uh, so just carrying around the head of the last thing he killed. Behind him walks Valden Melnar, the drow paladin of Shar, wearing, uh, she's wearing, I guess that's plate mail, uh, and she also removes her helmet, revealing her long, uh, pure white hair, and, uh, almost glowing, almost glowing purple eyes. Got the spyglass. <laughs> He's like ten feet away, <laughs> and uh, walking, uh, walking next to Valden is Gloam, the half dwarf paladin of Thard Har. This particular half dwarf taking on the human appearance as half dwarves, uh, uh, as as those birthed from a dwarf and a human. Uh, always take on either the full physical characteristics of a dwarf or a human. Yes, that is part of the lore. They don't, um, don't for whatever, become, like for whatever reason, they don't that, right? become mixed physically. Um, they're, 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 the same couple can have multiple different kids, and some can end up looking like dwarves, others look like humans, but they don't sort of get split in between. So anyway, approach. And, and so as a result, many many half-dwarves don't identify themselves as half-dwarves. They just identify as the race that they present as. Um, but but Gloam 
from the first time you met him, he uh, he owned that as his identity, half dwarf, and uh, and he's wearing fur, uh, heavy furs uh, and a sort of uh, splint mail. Is that what that's called? He's a jungle dwarf. He's a jungle dwarf. Splint mail, furs, and uh, it's got his head, his hair up in a sort of uh, top knot. A kind of a pony. Yeah, top knot. Man bun. Top knot. Your Man choice. bun. Top knot. The Man, Dan bun. Man knot. Like top bun. The Dan bun. Got it. A sword holstered on his belt and a hanging, uh, uh, a hanging. Uh, brazier. Uh, yeah, like brazier, unlit at this time, hanging from three chains that hangs down at his knee level and just sort of clatters and clangs as he walks. And of course, leading up the rear, struggling to keep up, is Ted. And I actually have sort of forgotten his physical appearance. He's, like uh, he's bald on Don top, nuts. he has like a mustache, and he's uh, probably very bushy. Like, he's got a little facial, like goatee, beard kind of right now, probably. Since he's been in the, his pseudo-captivity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, he looks, uh, you know, a lot like uh, Finn from Adventure Times, Dad. Yes, and so he's uh, he's uh, a head shorter than Finn has a dad. I guess all of these uh, no, people, <laughs> like a like a head shorter than all of them, and he's just sort of like shuffling to uh, to keep up with them as they all walk into your camp and immediately set down. Uh, it's Gloam that. Uh, Gloam just collapses onto uh, uh, collapses onto one of your seats here. A, a log, perhaps a, 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 a part of the tree log, uh, you know, sure upright. Makes dirt mounds for everyone. I mean, with uh, with masonry <laughs> and other such tools, our campsites, you know, we always, you know, if we're gonna be there for a night or two, there's a rock over there and some logs over there. Yeah, lump like, together yeah, something stuff basic. Around. Anyway, he something to sit on. He collapses down, and you see that his uh, uh, that his face is just like two shades paler than before. Deep circles under his eyes, and uh, and when he sits down, you just see his whole body just like falls down with exhaustion. He is just uh, elbows on his knees as he uh, as he just hangs his head down. Go right there, cousin. And Mock approaches, too. Go, go, ahead, go ahead, Baron. I'll, I'll go after you. Yeah, all the words are cousins. No. Wait, wait, what? Hey, keep, keep going. Okay. Keep it in it. Yeah. And also, you might want to lift that back up unless you... Oh, know. yeah, sorry. Um, what did you say? Sorry, repeat that. Is it you're right there. Oh, you're right there. Is this... Just a bit exhausted. Is this Ted or that word? No, that was uh, Gloom. Uh, and uh, Edith Edith says he is pushed to his absolute limits uh, maintaining our spectral steeds for a journey all the way from the sword coast we've never in all our years traveled this far so quickly Aye, how long have you been traveling? I'm surprised that you're here as soon as you are in total about five days uh, since we departed at the sword Jeez. coast Oh, five days? What a matter That took us so long. We had a flying magical teleporting ship. Gloam simply says, I don't recommend it. Aurora um, jumps into action and starts, like, putting uh, food together for him and water and stuff like that. Ma offers him an ale and he says, Surely, Gloam, with your... Magical means you are without a drink, but I can still offer one to you. 
says, ah, variety is the is is the greatest. The spice of life. You were right, man. I was gonna say that, but what he wants to say is, uh, uh, season, greatest adventure. Uh, I want. I wanted to. I wanted to say a cool one-liner, but I didn't have a cool one-liner lined up, and that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> he says, uh, "Variety is great." <laughs> I like new yeah, things. Yeah, he's he's tired, and he says, "Variety is hail is good." <laughs> Just, yeah, 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 I was he into takes a big like gulp, downing half the uh, uh, half the the stein at once, and just lets uh, sets it down on his knee. As you just continue to let these like slow, shallow breaths. So you were already on your way here when I contacted you then. You've been traveling five days. Yes, we are. As you know, we are investigating uh, the Weird Sisters as she, uh, her eyes dart over to Scrimcorn and says, About five days ago, they set something in motion, much more prominent than is their usual, uh, their usual modus operandi. Latin in Forgotten Realms. how How do you tell when they do something? Says it is our charge. He says the powers granted, uh, uh, the 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 powers that we graciously wield uh, through our gods come from Ale himself. <laughs> Five says, days ago, we would not claim to understand their mystery, but uh, uh, but suffice it to say, we could feel them. Uh, we could feel them moving. This is not their normal way of operating. There tend to stay on the sword coast. Their power does not reach terribly far. Does that line up? Does Pretenders five days as line they up are. with? Does five days line up with when they had the message to Scrimcorn that Septicina was coming? Precisely. Okay. Drusen gives a long look at Scrimcorn. When you said that the Septicemia, which we understand are uh, among the followers of the Weird Sisters, are coming for you specifically, this was both. Uh, understandable and not surprising and presented a unique opportunity. Grim says, it was five days ago that they learned that our companion here and he glances around the group to see if anyone is likely. Don't go Drustin! Um, uh, and he looks around and says, maybe a reincarnation of... Of the of the of the hero Snowbane. Uh, as as you say this, Bogrush has grabbed one of the uh, like one of the sort of hanging drying uh, uh, beavers, beavers beavers that was uh, remaining from the night before and pulled it off the rack. He just uh, he's like looking to whoever looks at him and just holds it up, nodding his head. Scrim Scrim looks at him and nods, and he just just starts biting into it. It's good with, it's good with the, the seasoned salt. Never mind. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was Bogrush. Gloom still needs food. Oh, you got Gloom. Oh, you no, got Gloom. You're good. Yeah, for yeah, Bogrush, and then season ah. just take a hunk of drying beaver <laughs> I see, I and see. you're like, okay. Slightly above room temperatures. Never take mind. Care it doesn't of matter. <laughs> uh, let's see. So he says that was when they learned that uh, our companion is. Reincarnation of Snowbane. Valden, uh, Valden Melndar strides on over to Oilvane and looks at him and says, Snowbane. No, that is me over here. That's the name of your ship, is it not? No. Well, Snowbane's gift. Uh, refers to the author? 
and he points to the hammer of snowbane. Says, the gifted also by Mordredin with the holy edict to deliver it to Snowbane. Little did we know we had done it within about 30 seconds of finding it. Well, if I recall correctly, Snowbane was the one who claimed the hammer herself, so. A neat Floating job. along in that strange mm. orb with the chest. I, and that was pretty I, weird. A neat job there indeed. Says. Snowbane. And she, the entire time you're talking to her, she does not take her eyes off yes. of Oilbane. <laughs> she's uh, not asking. She responds to Drewston while looking at Oilbane and says, <laughs> well, so and says I mean, she's a draft. Clearly she recognizes yeah. Oilbane as the leader of the group. Uh, <laughs> the power behind it. Snowbane, do you refer to the the goddess of the Goliath people? He looks at Oilbane just like, he hasn't put down the, st- the spy glass. <laughs> you feel more comfortable behind yeah. many panes of glass. He's just—he—he's not saying anything right yeah, now. He's just a... kind of. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, he's he's talking to you, though, man. Yeah, he's talking to you. He just—he goes. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I we mean one. She on turns and looks away at that moment. <laughs> yeah, I we mean one on the same. Uh. All born again in the body of Virgil. She carries the gold spark, though we know nay what that could be. Uh, all of the hands of Ao, except for Gloom, who is still basically just like completely doubled over in his uh, seat over there. The three other, Valdin, uh, Bogrush, and Edith, uh, exchange, uh, exchange glances at each other, and Edith says, this is an interesting development. Right, do you know what it is? How long have you known this? Uh, not long. Six days, maybe? Aye. Yeah, Six just days now? Aye, that's about right. I believe, uh, I mean, feel free to pipe in here, Scrimcorn, but didn't the witches send you looking for the, the god spark of Snowbane after you had learned that she had fallen by the pool of souls. I and not too long after that, we put it together that Snowbane, after having fallen, had been born into the body of another Goliath. I'll go. Excuse me. You okay? That beaver's coming up hard. It was the Very tail. Good. It was the tail. Gives, gives him a good pat on the back. Jesus. <laughs> Upon passing this on to the witches, they seemed uncharacteristically interested. Also, he does still work for them. Bogrush says as he uh, as he slams the remaining uh, uh, beaver that he was uh, chewing on a log next to him and takes uh, three huge steps towards Scrimcorn. Says, "I told you we could not trust him." Baron immediately rises to his feet. Bear does also and like, says mm. he has agreed to aid us in battle against the septicemia. And what he made this decision five days ago after telling them uh, uh, a great secret. He told us a great secret. There we go. <laughs> um, Edith and uh, Edith and Valden have uh, taken seats uh, uh, around the campfire, and they did not even, like, physically react to Bogrush's, like, m- moving at all. They're just, like, getting their food together. As I understand it. Yeah, Scrim is, taking, <laughs> Scrim is paying attention to 
the calmest of their group as like a if things are going to come to blows. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, he changed his mind when he discovered his god wanted to kill his friend. Grim, see, like, Bear in Baron, and here's that. Um, looks back to Bogrash, like... Berda looks at you and is like, you're doing this all wrong, watch. And she just clocks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> roll an attack roll. <laughs> with the hammer or with unarmed? Unarmed. Don't want to kill uh, the poor man. That is a 21. A 21 against Sit down! And relax. And uh, it catches him. And uh, he... You think so. <laughs> Bearjaw can see. He sees it coming at the last second. He, like, he moves, uh, he moves into it to uh, get ready to absorb the blow, but it comes at him faster and stronger than he was expecting. And it, last time. he stumbles back a step and, uh, uh, and shakes his head. And, You've been uh, riding too long. He just has a scowl on his face. And he says, Hurgh! And then he just sits down and grabs his beaver and starts taking some more bites. Aurora's like beaming at Bearjaw like that's the coolest thing she's ever seen in her life. Valden only one way to talk looks over to Scrimcorn and says, Why the change of heart? Scrimcorn <clears throat> <And> says, <clears throat> Things have been seeming a bit off for a while. It's not, not following... <clears throat> What I've been taught over years, the work I've been doing, all seemed, all that seemed secondary to all this Godspark business. And things in the past few months have gotten bloodier and less focused on a balance that I believed in before. Explain more. Just bloodier how? Yes. And he looks around and says, We've been killing a lot. So you have engaged in bloody activities. We all have. Uh, On the order of uh, the sisters. He says, No, that's actually been a little bit of an issue, too. Yeah, Jason takes that forward and says, <laughs> um, On my orders? He's been helping me cousins and I on our own quests. <laughs> Says it was on my orders that this one and others spilled blood. So you want to blame someone? Blame me? Baron is looking at his cousin, obviously confused. Oh, he's <laughs> the one who said, like, yeah, kill yeah. those guys and take their I places. Mean, oh, okay. This is, literally this is the Amber Helm. On Drusen's yeah. orders, they yeah, killed yeah. someone. Yeah, they did. I thought it was more like a suggestion. Like, hey, you should do that. It doesn't matter. That's what he it's said. So unless you're chiming in with character. your character. Yeah. Uh... She says, hmm. What did she say? If she hesitates, Scrim says, She hesitates. Scrim, <clears throat> the witches do not task me with hunting down people and killing them in cold blood. She says, I've found people that have, in good conscience of clear mind, promised things to them, collected debts. But this Amberhelm business has guided us. This our own adventure sounds weird to say. Our own journey, journey, our own journey, has taken us down a path that 
was parallel to what the witches wanted, to try to find Snowbane and eventually to find the God Spark, which seems to be in Bearjaw. Once they heard that, and over the over the past bit, it's all been not right. Wolven chimes in his they made my brother choose. The witches made him choose between them and us. And he's chosen us. It was only a couple months ago that we engaged in uh, a great deal of conversation. Your resolve to follow, uh, follow the order of these, uh, of these pretenders to the divine was, uh, was quite resolute. Are you telling me that it is simply that you have made some friends and that's what has caused you to, uh, to turn against them? <clears throat> Are your loyalties that fickle? Yes. He said, well, first off, you've given us very little. <clears throat> so, me going into my loyalties and the thoughts that keep me up at night... I'm not for open discussion with a group that has interacted with us like this thus far. Uh, Valden stands up and she looks to Baron and she says, I told you we would need all of the answers. If you want us to fight with you against this, we need more than that. We need to know that his uh, loyalty is not there. Yet he argues. He does not want to give the. Uh, he does not want to give the answers. He does not want to explain himself. Mark says, "What do you want him to do for him, you to trust him? You have your own standards, which we do not know." I want him to answer the question. All questions are my How loyalties long? so fickle? Question mark. That's what you want to know. He says. That is what I want to know. No, they're not. How will we know that when the fight comes, when the fight comes, whenever it comes, that you will continue to fight with us, that it will not change to another? If we had someone who could see the future, we could guarantee that, but we don't. Are you saying that there is a chance that you would turn against us, join the witches again? I wouldn't turn against my friends. And why is that? These are good people that are not bound by pride as he motions to them. Hubris as he motions to them. <laughs> are there such things that hold lesser folk back? Uh Boger stands up and says, Enough of this! You made my point for me. I told you me. to sit down. And uh, Edith doesn't look at him, but sort of holds her hands out. And she says, Pride and arrogance are not... Uh, uh, pride and arrogance are not... are not signs of a lack of loyalty. And, uh, and Bogresh sits back down, a little bit scowling at uh, uh, Edith. And, um... It was either that or getting locked in the face again. Saved himself another black guy. <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, I am glad. I am glad that you have, uh, uh, that you have come to see, at least partially, uh, what I knew that you would, uh, that you would eventually. 
When I looked into your uh, when I looked into your eyes those many months ago, I knew that you were not a lost cause, not like some of the others that we have met. Also, if I'm going to be totally honest, which is what we've agreed to, a half-fish fortune teller told me that my friends would die <laughs> if I did not choose to side with them. Uh, Gloam, for the first time, like, looks up. And again, Bill? to be totally honest, I trust that fish person. Hey, if you're standing there looking at Scrim for the first time, you gotta know that that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Does Taita react at all to the half-fish person? Because she wasn't with us for that, was she? No. She, 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 she doesn't. She's actually, just, I, she's watching. Had, had any of us heard exactly what had gone down in that fortune teller I mean, side? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I figured it would. He explained Others it. were there, okay. and I think they would okay. okay. He also, I believe, explained it in character. Oh, that's right. I believe. Mm-hmm. I forget things. Pretty, pretty sure. Said, if we're being honest. And, uh, Glum just says, can't blame you for that one. And, uh, finishes up his, uh, ale that Mock had given him. And uh, he just sort of holds it out towards Mock. 70% respectfully, 30% Please. like shaking it. Mock looks at the jar, which we sometimes mechanically treat as bottomless, but we know in fact isn't. <laughs> yes. And Mock like gives him half and gives, takes the rest for himself and cheers him for what is the remainder of the ale until it replenishes. Valden says, do you have any wine? Definitively no. <laughs> I mean, I don't. She, uh, she nods, reaches into her pouch, and pulls out a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and pours it into her cup. Perfect. Is that one also never-ending? She says, uh, sadly no. <laughs> ah. Says, bought this one on the Sword Coast before we left. Hmm. Mock says, I'd prefer to stop rationing. As, and she as, recorks it, sticks it back into her thing, and you see that she has only poured like an inch, hmm. and she's taking very small sips. As soon as we're comfortable with this alliance from now, because I don't mean to paint this as anything other than, but we and know Bogrash you. Says, we know you have interest in this Septicemia and the witches, and have taken charge of Ted, and as for our group. We have great interest in Ted and his well-being and his whereabouts, as well as surviving the attack of the Septicemia. And upon this, we look for alliance, mutual cause, common ground. And if this is well established, would like a battle plan. As you're talking about Ted, you see him out of the corner of his eye. He had grabbed another one of the... uh, Actually, he had gotten a uh, a, bowl. a bowl of the uh, of the soup, she, and he's Aurora gave him the shittiest like he's stuff. crouching he's down. He's not sitting down. He's crouching bad. down low, holding the bowl to his mouth. He's going slurping loudly. He's slurping loudly and just eyeing you. each person. And every time he comes to bit, he doesn't like. He complains about it. Oh no, no, he, oh, he, no. he doesn't. He <laughs> really? does not. He does not audibly say. He has Why not said anything. Uh, seems a bit out of it. Yeah. Royal Vane has not acknowledged his father. <laughs> I mean, more than happy for an episode. Mock made a larger declaration. Oh, yeah. This is a great Bad time time. for a Ted aside if there's interest I, in that. We also 
need to talk to you, Ted. We need to get into contact with Deja Parmenter. And we were told you have a peanut. <laughs> yeah, I got a peanut. Uh, you wanna you wanna talk to Deja? I yeah. Peanut plus your peanut? Is it a is it a booty call? Uh, I mean, what you and her do after we talk to her is really none of my business. She's named a type. Uh, He's immune to the wilds of women. <laughs> Why don't just shaking his head right now? Just killed Snoopy. <laughs> I, uh, I could be, uh, I could be amenable to, uh, to, uh, cracking this nut. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty valuable, uh, you know, pretty valuable possession of mine, of course, though. I'll be turning it over to you, uh, and, uh, I got, I got bills to pay. Uh, what would you want for it, Ted? I hope oh, uh, you're in charge of You owe us! Uh, you owe us for so much. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, oh, I, I do believe that the Hans Veo did pay out any and all outstanding monetary debts the last time we met. Just Ted, what would you want for the nut? Yeah! You're a terrible <laughs> I'm just that? saying that, you know, Cousin. family debts Allow aside. Allow the man to answer. What would you want for the nut, Ted? I think a uh, uh, fair market price of, uh, and he like, he looks to each of you, and you see he's like, he sizes you up and down. Scrim glares at him. What does he see when he looks at Mark? I mean, he sees your pristine armor. Are you wearing your armor at yeah. this point in time? Oh, yeah. He's wearing the pristine Spotless. armor and the uh, uh, and the head shaver. I mean, the many of you are, are covered brimming with... Bear Joe's got this, like, always flaming... Uh, are we also uh, brimming with like, willingness, would you say? And, uh... <laughs> no. Just, I, I think, uh... I, I think, uh... Uh, a, a cool G would be, uh... Would be, uh... More, more, more than a... More than a... More than a... More than a... More than, yeah, a, more than a fair price. Mark throws him a uh, hundred platinum pieces. Uh, so G is what? a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah he just does that. I mean, he's using an unpopular slang. Uh, yeah, for yeah. He just immediately throws it to him from his little change belt. <laughs> we have there you go three thousand two hundred ninety-nine platinum pieces. And we every single one of them is named in box diary. But he throws it to him. Alright. Give me the peanut. He says, Oh, of course! And uh, he's got a little pouch on his belt, oh, a tiny geez, little pocket, and he reaches in and pulls out a very standard sized legume. And uh, in shell. And he uh, hands it to Drewston. Does it feel magical? Yes, it does. Confirm that it's the right one. <laughs> Give me a few minutes. He says, ah, oh, yeah, crack the nut, and Deza shows up eventually. Is it a single use? A bit. <laughs> yeah, it only works one time. Should give you another nut? Oh, the one time I used the other one. I hope this one works. I'm going to cast Identify on it. I look at it closely, smell it. Takes like it. ten minutes. <laughs> 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 Alright, as Drewston is identifying that, uh, Ted uh, Ted just starts like poking around the camp. He looks into uh, whatever tents are set up and kinda just like prods a bedroll. Lay in someone's I mean, bedroll? Mock's not gonna allow him to come near to yeah. any of his things. 
Uh, yeah, as you get he, he near... Can't, he can't do that. He will be physically interrupted. Keep your he walks mic towards, and as soon as Mach, like, positions himself in the way, Ted doesn't even try. He just kind of, like, moves on yeah, to the fine. next thing. Oh, not trying sorry. to, like, harry the guy. It's just like, not here, sir. Perhaps the next stall. Uh, but he... Mach does persist with Edith. Uh, the time for the battle plans is sooner rather than later. Some rather intricate options have already been discussed. And uh, I am uh, very interested to know you, from you, who has more experience with this ilk, what you might be most advisable. Have you battled them before? We have, uh, we have, we have engaged in, uh, in battle with some of the, some of the sisters' followers, it is true, but none that, uh, but none that would be called the Septicemia. We understand that these are their, okay. you could call them elite fighters. Where are the witches? Oh. <laughs> why, is there, why is the music like this? Because they're in a forest. All right. Uh, I lost track. What was she saying? Just, yeah. uh, but none that's not the elite fighters. Not, not, elite not the elite fighters of the, uh, of the Septicemia. It says, they, uh, they prefer uh, druidic magic for the most part, uh, plants and growth and those sorts of things. But don't take that to mean that uh, all you have to do is uh, stand on some rocks to uh, to diminish the power. Just standing on some rocks would help. I'm sure Scrimcorn could tell you every battle strategy he has ever engaged in. All those followers are mostly the same. What would hurt Scrimcorn the most? Guys, we've discussed some options, finding some ruins, or perhaps constructing our own in a short amount of time. The mock says, from what I've learned from Scrim, the nature of the beast is what matters. At times I've seen him a great flying reptile, or an enormous elk. I've seen small, scattering critters full of daggers. I can, I can remember battles when those have been extremely potent and battles when they would have been entirely impotent. What seems to be important if I were to battle Scrim is to make sure that the choices made of their animal forms or summons were in fact improper. You are correct that the animal forms are what is to be feared uh, above all else among the sisters' followers. Say what you will about their legitimacy and their claim to the divine, but uh, but their command of uh, such magics are uh, are quite impressive. Well, then how to... Mm, how to deceive them. Make them... Uh, make them... And he looks at Scrim and he says, force them into hard decisions. Forms and summons that don't serve their needs, but ours. What could be done? We have to make them think their particular form would be more advantageous. But do they know that you know they are coming? Ah, uh, they know. The witches told Scrim. They know. That do they I know, know that you know they are coming? They know that I know that they're coming. But they presumably don't know that I will be siding with them, with this group. 
So you did not send them a letter telling them to fuck off? No, I did not. That is good. We can use this. I'm going to send a letter to them. We'll get them that later. Animal messenger, right? And uh, and the conversation continues yeah. in battle tactics and where to go, uh, where what, to what senses to dampen. Yeah. The first uh, the first order of business is where, uh, as you all were discussing amongst yourselves. The, the I hey, buddy, you gotta be quiet. The ability, the the inability to travel uh, much further than well, you you've got five days until they get here, minus whatever time you would want to prepare at wherever you're going. And uh, he says, I do not think that Gloom has uh, uh, anything left in him to. Uh, to summon the number of uh, the number of steeds we would need to move any significant distance. If we had a way to travel uh, to travel further faster, then then we would have more options. As it stands, I don't see there being much uh, more benefit than just setting our stand here or somewhere nearby. Time to prepare to us seems more valuable than finding the perfect location. We could find a cave. One thing might be when it's dark. They take the form of things that take advantage of the darkness, and then we produce light. Light would be one thing, but Mox says they might not worry. When they are set on their task, are they unable to turn from it? As in, are they obliged to fight us in five days to the minute? He says, I wouldn't say unable. I can't say for sure, but probably less unable and more no reason We might no be able to, to we might be able to bring Essen and Grumbar here with the power of flight luring him into that murderous forest of mists <laughs> would be a tantamount to setting the worst possible trap I can think of before this, the, the overall outcome I would be worried that that misty forest would harm us more than them. We know more of it than they do. What is this misty forest? He says, uh... Or, no, she won't say that. Yeah. What is this misty forest? Says Valwin. Much smoother. He says, uh, a forest to the... Let's say, what, south? Yeah. yeah. The south. south. A, uh... <laughs> A real welcoming party when you've spent the last month in the Underdark. But, what I can say is the malevolent spirit what drives the place nearly tore us limb from limb. Mm, less than a, a ten day before one of our greatest fights ever. Uh, and recounts in some detail uh, what, what they encountered and learned there. And possibly the benefits of luring the septicemia into this location. Though noting that perhaps its natural setting might become allied to the septicemia depending. Yeah. I'm concerned about that. Noticing on this map, it says black spires, this thing in the lake. Is that actually a thing? I don't know. Like some big black tower sticking out of the lake? As far as ruins go. It is. Uh, 
It is a ruins. Uh, in the lake. A great tower in the lake. Uh, that's all that Justin knows about it. Yeah, Since you're saying this, I presume asking about looking at Justin's notes. Because... Sure. You know anything about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about well, ruins. He's coming back. He has identified the peanut. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and sure enough, it's a, uh, it's a, whatever type of magic would be sending a message. Was that divination? Divination. Divination. Uh, it's definitely uh, teaming with divination magic. It's a uh, uh, special item crafted to, when broken, it uh, uh, reveals its uh, location in the world with a pre-coded message to uh, uh, to a predetermined target. Tell us you're this. Well, suppose it's just made to send a message from Deja. Uh, <laughs> take off his shoes and be quiet. Have <laughs> you cracked it yet? He's not well like that. Uh, I was fighting the Uh Upon further thinking, if they fight with Scrimcorn, uh, perhaps Mock's plan is the best. At least we can have an environment that has near a root or a seed buried within it. Uh, for them to grow into a, a forest. At least it'll be under our control. How human exactly are the Septicemia? Are, like, are they... Are they like us in that they are flesh and blood? Or are they a manifestation of the witch's power? Bogrush spits on the ground, says, The witch's power. And she rolls her eyes. Uh, I don't expect that they are anything more than uh, uh, mortals with quite a degree of control over the power granted to them by uh, by the weird sisters. Mm. It says well trained, uh, uh, well trained druids in a sort, uh, in a sense. So like Scrimcorn, but more murderous, faster, stronger. Better, says Valden. <laughs> and then she looks to Scrimcorn Scrim and she winks. Scrim rolls his eyes. Says, by some measures. Not better dragging. <laughs> that I can guarantee you. Well, uh, oil up there. Drustin, you know anything about this black spire place? So Drustin know anything about the black spire. No, looks uh, in, in his notes, it's just that there is a place there that he's heard uh, in the Lake of Mists. Mm. You know. Anytime he's ever heard of any sort of ruins, it goes into like his books as like a maybe someday. Yeah, uh, and especially stuff when he's done most of his gathering on the Sword Coast, something way, way over there to the west. It's like, huh, intriguing. We'll be very interested in exploring it, but perhaps after the Septicemia. Aye, could be teaming all sorts of unknowns. That'd probably be true of any other ruins. I think Mock's plan seems the wisest to me. If we have five days... What's Mock's plan? I heard like a, bunch a giant platform using all the paints. All the rest of the paints and create an entirely artificial, raised, gladiatorial arena full of traps that Mock has engineered with Drustin that is entirely manipulable and subject to our own understanding. So basically make something that has no... Make an evil funhouse that is entirely synthetic. <laughs> evil. To kill these druids house. on. And then we put Bear John in the center. 
Says yeah, with knives. With a bunch of jobs will be Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. And this pants, you have enough to do this. Then mocks kind of like he seems visibly deflated, and he says, "I've been working on the engineering since last yesterday. It's it's a rough sketch, and uh, it would tap every resource to the bone, which is not inconsiderable. These paints have already taken us out of one scrap, and we'd be using the last knock of the device." But he pushes over kind of like a rough blueprint at something that would be raised. This is a very rough fantasy number, like probably 50 feet in the air, and like he would say maybe like 100 by 100 feet. Bogrush uh, stands up, glances at it for just a moment, and he says, I like it. There's no fight worth fighting where you don't uh, use everything you have and put it all on the line. And then he looks over to, uh, he looks over to Bearjaw as he says this. <laughs> tries to catch your eyes and then looks back to Mock and he nods. Mock spits and he's like it's good to have common ground Bogrush uh, and then he looks to, to, to Bearjaw and back to Bogrush and he says uh, he says it seems that all we can hope for here is a fair fight given some of their advantages uh, he says I uh, he says I I can't think of another environment that would better favor us than neutral if the uh, Misty Forest can't be bent to our will, which probably is yeah, probably best left untouched. I have more faith in cut stone than I do of mystical forests. I don't want to go back in that forest. I don't like it. Even if we could... Can... Uh, we like make it la- look like we went in, but we don't really go in. Valden ladles up another uh, sp- uh, spoonful of soup into her bowl, and she says, I like the Misty Forest idea. You haven't had your soul crushed by it. Oh, and Aurora just Even sulks. if we, even if we could try to turn the forest against them, I'm, gonna, I'm absolutely certain they would be better at twisting its powers against us. Modlings forward as Grimley says, what of larger risks to be taken? Could perhaps the Septicemia be intercepted days before encountering us for additional scouting or even further? Might you be able to tap the witches themselves for knowledge about the Septicemia that they wouldn't be willing to give up on their own? To get them to try to catch the Septicemia unawares while they're traveling? Is that what... That or pillage the mind of the witches using your connection to them. I've. I don't know the first thing about pillaging mines. That seems to be more Drustin's thing. Alright. Holy cows, I found this. It's more of a goblin thing. <laughs> he says. I hear you, he says, but if I reach out to the witches for even the whereabouts of the path the Septicemia are taking, it would be immediately suspicious. All right. I hate to say it, but I think waiting for them to come to us is the only option that makes sense to me. Catching them on the road. I like an ambush, but we're the ones being ambushed. Not if we know they're coming. Maybe even then. There's a disadvantage, says Gloam, as he's like still, like, 
He's actually come to lay down on the log. He's like, like, yeah, like on his side, and he uh, he just sort of looks up and he says, "There's a disadvantage to uh, your battle arena." He says the Septicema would surely know that we know they're coming as soon as they see it. Truly. Mm. Right now, the advantage of thinking that Scrimcorn is still on their side, perhaps they expect that Scrimcorn uh, turning on his travel companions is a, uh, is a key part of their strategy. It says, it could be, uh, that could be an extraordinarily advantageous uh, aspect to exploit here. So but a big flashy battle arena undoes it all. So perhaps then, so the forest. Up the illusion, the illusion of an ambush. Something that looks like we're out in nature with stream having pacified our suspicions. But that's where the traps are. That's where the magic is. That's where the pits filled with acid are. Uh, allow them to come closer. And then we spring the trap on them. And we push them down another bit. We have some miles at that. We'd have to know exactly when they're coming. You don't illusion. Your illusions don't last that long. No, I'm not. i talking about an illusion of the Nebulian Labyrinth I carry. I'm talking about a greater illusion, a deception on all our parts. If they see us, our tent set up, having our smoke, they'll think we're unawares. Oh, Do you mean it would constructed even platform? But we've got pits dug filled with spikes and acid. We've got snoot out. We've got our eyes and ears out and everything we can think of. Oil in the ground to set a fire. Great logs crash down upon them. We set up for them to come to us. Now realizing they have come to the hornet's nest. So not the platform, but we make camp somewhere and set up lots of traps. Aye, so they're unawares. Mm. The pants could aid in that, certainly. Aye. Mark is looking at Scrim. He's like, "You're the general this time." Yeah, what would work better against you? You know what they might do? Is it is better to lure them in, lure them in with over trust of your alliance, use your use you as an agent behind enemy lines with the natural traps of the terrain, or set them aside from their environment and fight them without? Proper use of their druidic powers. What think you? I mean, if you were to, I don't know, betray in the last moment, could you strike a decisive blow? Turn they, the fight one way or another? They won't come to me and with their guards down asking for information. I think they'll just come straight towards Bearjaw and try to kill her. These are has the bait. Honestly, in all of your dealings with them, in all of your dealings with the witches and uh, and telling them about the every move and every detail of all of your allies, have you uh, have you impressed upon them the sense that uh, that those that you travel with are extraordinarily dangerous and highly skilled in their uh, in their own crafts? I don't think I've oversold their abilities. Aurora looks deflated. (laughs) (laughs) It could change how much what they are preparing for. He says, 
I haven't shared as many details as you suggest. More just the time we spent together. <laughs> the impression I've gotten from what you've told of the visions is they don't seem too keen on us all. That's accurate. <laughs> Perhaps a combination of the both. Scrim, if you could somehow introduce Bearjaw as prepared on the sacrificial altar in a place not too far. Welcome them in. Bring them in close. And then when they come to claim their prize, lure them to our arena, a place where they have no choice but to pursue her. As in, bring them to a place of comfort and then force the confrontation to happen in a place of no natural support. I think a natural place with some sort of traps, as you've dis- as you suggested, might be our best option. <laughs> really? <laughs> if they're overcome themselves, they won't. They'll just come straight forward and not really care much about us. I mean, you said these people destroy villages and whatnot. I, I, mean, I think they might just come straight towards If they her. consider nothing us, I mean, a, an anthill could set up all kinds of trance to the ambushes. I would just stab them with my boot and not even notice. This, this is a very big this, Honestly, I honestly feel like while setting up an arena would scream, we're prepared for them to attack. Going on to the dark spire, not knowing what's inside, we have to contend with air and water or height, but uh, that keeps us off the ground, away from seeds, plants. Any forms that can fly have to make a trade-off. When taking a wild shape, Massive, massive beasts that are bound to the ground are more dangerous, but if one wants to fly, comes the sacrifice of power. Advise us. What should we do? I'm curious about the Dark Spire. You think maybe we try and take up residence there in a few days? It could be full of all kinds of nasties. It has some unknowns, but theoretically we have between four and five days. We've done much more and less. suppose that's true. We should scout the location, then. I mean, it's in the middle of a lake. It'd be an unfriendly place to get to for us or them. Unless we have Grumbar, we could fly to the top of it. If we had the airship. We could fly there anyways, or swim there, or all sorts of things. Aye, we could just cast fly on Bearjaw, and I think really hard to pray about, you know, (laughs) being strong. She just carries us all in a rope. I I am Scrimcorn flying as well. Aye, that too. I, I would be at least curious to assess that as an option. It seems like a place that would be unpleasant to have a fight in. And maybe it doesn't look as obvious of an ambush, like, aye, we're just in that tower exactly. that was already there. That could... And if it has a nice flat top at the, at the top, that could be a decent arena. I don't know what it would look like, but a, a spire sounds columnar. It's a building. Mark says it's not very natural, assuming... That it is a building. I don't know. I don't know anything about well, it. Can we see it from here? And he skits, squints in the direction of the lake. Uh, Wilvin hands you the spot. Oh, Wilvin, what do your half elven eyes see? 
One of them seems I mean, pretty far. <laughs> about as good as yours in the, in the daylight. Alright, right. He squints. Here, I have young eyes. <laughs> she takes it and she looks. Can we see the dark spire from from where you are now? I mean, it's in the middle of the lake. Assuming that, like, we can see the lake from here. It's, it's in the middle of the lake. lake. No, no, no. no. That, that, it's like 120 miles away. You can't, you can't see 120 miles, like, nope. anywhere sure, in the world. Sure cannot. <laughs> is that, that that big of a lake? 20 yeah. miles. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, one like inch on, mile lake. One inch on this map is small, 120 miles. Small sea. One inch. a big... It's Why 120 miles. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's surrounded by land. So lake it's Erie. a lake. I mean, it's a great lake. So is the Black Sea. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> no, the, the Black Sea, the Black sea connects to the sea, the yeah, ocean. Yeah, it's salt water. What's we're going to see in a lake, then? I mean, salt water, fresh water. Yeah. Dwarves don't like, understand li- lakes. I'm literally salt water, fresh water. I don't know if that's sailor! <laughs> 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 but then what about salt lake? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Mark says, how much time would you want to scout the location, Scrim? Because we can begin to erect... Defenses here in the meantime, if that doesn't seem suitable. But we would we would not want to delay too long in our decision to be able to make proper preparations. We have more time here, but what I feel like is a better place there. What do the rest of you think? Would you rather fight on top of a tower where we'd need to manage height as a risk? Pom could have put me life on the line. Doing so in the ruins of an old lake-bound tower was about as good as I could hope. I'll vote for the tower, at least getting a good eye on it. I vote for the tower too. I think it... Olivia is kind of excited about the idea of this unknown place. (laughs) (laughs) Baron assesses where the red dragon is briefly. <laughs> the red dragon appears to be uh, uh, around the same distance, same direction uh, as before. Minus, you know, the uh, which was to the east. Uh, so minus, uh, minus the. We're just a little east of the thing. So is it? Is it? The dragon's not oh, towards yeah. the direction are, of the tower, right? So That's you are now going east. west. Yeah. So. So the dragon is east. Uh, yeah, it's east. Excellent. And, and you are east. You are also east of the. That's true. It is towards you, Sam. Let, let me let are. me finish explaining. It is the same direction it was, minus the the couple dozen miles that you traveled to get to this clearing. Okay. I doubt it was a couple dozen miles. Well, no, he last checked when we were on the elevator. Yeah, near the top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Twenty. So we have knocked on. It seems that it has stayed stationary. Is the point. Great. It is. We are closer to the dragon than we are to the it tower. It is dormant. We could go seek it out if you wanted to. No. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Yes, you do. Didn't you read Finn's You've never read Not a couple times. Didn't you read Fox says, I'll, I'll fight on a tower, I'll fight on the shore, I'll fight here, I'll fight on a pavilion. I'll fight anywhere we need to fight. Where is it most sensible to fight is what I'm trying to determine. Scrim, stop asking us where we want to fight. Tell us what to fight! You know these foes! Pogra stands up and says, I agree! Let's fight anywhere! Let's fight anywhere. Mark, listen, Pogra. stands up and he says, To the tower! Ah! <laughs> Aurora, Aurora, under her breath, she assumes, I didn't get to vote. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, I didn't vote either. Didn't really feel like a voting situation, honestly. Valden walks over Sorry, to, to Oilvane again, and just... 
She sidles up next to him so their shoulders are, are touching as she uh, she just leans over and says, Are all of your decisions made by whoever shouts the loudest? Usually. Oilfriend is just very like awkwardly standing upright. Like He doesn't know how to stand around her. And he doesn't know how to answer the question directly. She's looking right into his eyes. What do I do with my hands? It's a lot of eye contact for he, such a young man. He looks at her and he, he briefly bends over, picks up Snoot. He's like, do you like dogs? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's a, a, great, really it's a great move. move. It's a great move. Uh, she, raises, uh, she raises her eyebrows and she says, that's a pretty good move. And then she walks away. <laughs> And that's pretty good. <laughs> it is. And so like the group breaks <laughs> breaks camp, and uh, Gloam looks up, weary. Uh, like he starts to get up to help, and uh, Valden says, "You get to arrest." Uh, says, "We've got a uh, got quite a hike uh, ahead of us for the next day or two. and uh, they assist uh, breaking down the camp. Helping like, you with your things. Seems like so how long is it going to take us to get there? That's the question. Because it's long distance. Is that like a two-day journey? Three-day journey? Uh, without magical assistance? No. What? Oh, are they going to give us magical assistance? You said no. Oh, I'm just asking. Yes. No. Yes. Without However, whatever, whatever in, in our reality of their character. I was wondering how the heck we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. we were east of the forest and... Like, Around the long way. So, I mean, the towers. You, you in the keep middle. saying that you were west of the forest. I keep saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were east of the forest. We keep here? pointing west. That's west. That is west. This is east. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is east. God oh, damn it! Oh, yeah. It's me. You pointed this way and said east. So I all day, know. all day, I've been considering that to be east. That's so fair. You were correct. That's fair. And this is where. That's northeast, northeast. Yeah, that, yeah. that's you, where I thought we were. You uh, are all okay. correct, and I am wrong. Uh, in so, my mind, literally, this entire time, I'm like, this is east, east to west. That I even said travel east to west. I honestly considered that maybe we're that's just how this map was Eyeballing that this is about. We have the east and the west. Eyeballing this is about 120. Now, now, yeah, we, 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 now we can recalibrate. You guys were east. Northeast of the forest. Yep. That's so, sorry. Down. I said it again. <laughs> Fucking a. Coco. So you were Ooh, north down, west. <laughs> Northwest of, of the forest. forest. So we're over just, here. Just a bit. Just a yep. little bit. I mean, it was only a couple sure, hours sure, travel. Sure, sure. Okay. I mean, a couple hours travel is like we got clear of the blip. forest to the west, and we just got some space there. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So we could go around the forest to the shore. Let's shortcut through the forest. Or no. we could so fast. go right onto the water and try and go straight there by boat. Those are kind of the options that I see. Those are, Ooh, yes. So we have a longer option or we have a shorter option. However, I mean, boats require propulsion of some kind. And remember, the paints cannot paint anything worth more than like 10 gold or something. That is the rule. So we can if it requires significant structural stability, if it, if it produces a, a thing that would cost more than 10 gold to reasonably buy, eliminating labor, essentially, kinda, sorta. It's a little bit of just a preventing you from cheesing it rule, mm-hmm. so I'm not reading too strongly into it, make- but it does mean that you can't make, you know, a fully functional boat. But you could make, make a bunch boards. of rafts and put Verja at the back and she could kick paddle us. That's more like what that I could do. I or summon a creature, have Scrimcorn pull us in the water. Ooh, yes, Scrim Whale. I like it. I, we have well, many an option. 
how how long does this travel? Because I mean, from your notes here, this looks like it's at least oh I don't know, it's like sixty miles, forty offshore. Miles. Uh, yeah, it's it's a hundred about one hundred and twenty miles. That is a significant huh? journey over the water. Wait, we ought to be yeah, one for from inch the is one hundred and twenty miles. Go yeah. get a ruler from the shore. Yes. Oh, from where you are. Oh, from where we are. Okay. You are about 120 miles yes. to the thing. That is that is the. I would so say that 24 miles. The end of this right? pencil about is about the distance of the thing from shore at the closest distance. friends. I've been trying to pull out of this for a while now, but go I, ahead. You go I, ahead. I'll, go I'll ahead. Roleplay thing. Gentlemen, none of us are shipwrights, boat builders, and we don't have the materials. If we need to go 120 miles here in four days with time to prepare for the biggest battle of our life, we need to call Grumbar and get I, them here as soon as we can. That's why we kept them at the point where they're at. I say we have them take the risk and get them see if they can get here. Those wisdom. You have access to your balloon. Uh, potentially at that. some risk. An undisclosed risk. But I... We're... we're, we're Access enough for a risk like this. If that's the word we should fight, we should call them. I can give them a ring. What do you say? All their safety. Uh, Baron says. Hi. Uh, Break the glass. Essen! Baron! Um. Balloon would be helpful in fight ahead. Uh, come now, Moxes, come now! <laughs> <laughs> this is when Baron's like sketching yeah. out what he's going to say. <laughs> if risk is manageable, please come. As soon as you can. If you're sketching out the order, Scrum says, Give them an order. Don't ask them. Be here in 24 hours, if physically possible. That's why I said, if the risk is manageable. I'm not going to say, take you a suicide said, mission. It would be helpful if we had it, maybe please. When you can, fuck when you can. Right now. Right, you write it, I'll send it. <laughs> Get here now. Near the dark spire. Of the Lake of Mists. Cookie, cookie, cookie. <laughs> the message is sent. The message is sent. And they respond. It's many and you hear, you hear a response. This is to Essen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you hear Essen say... I'll admit, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Got a few theories to test. He says, "We'll turn it on now." I've been laid once, and I can die on that. <laughs> okay. Baron looks around. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you here now? And we'll we continue don't... next week. Oh. Oh. We're at time we're between five and six. No, this uh, is great. Five thirty, and uh, oh, we're watching your microwave clock. 
You didn't adjust them. You were watching oh, the microwave clock. We talked at, about I this. I, well, like I said, I never no, use this. This is terrific. It's wonderful. Uh, and uh, a yeah, of, a lot of advice from Finn. If we could just read the Finn <laughs> a lot advice. Of uh, Finn in said. A, in a reading. Finn in a said. Um, <laughs> he passed a lot of notes while we were playing. He said, "Beware of any dragon that isn't a good one. Beware of any color dragon that isn't a good one. Uh, be aware of the witches." Uh, even though you might be sad, you have to fight the witches. I'm not sure if that was specifically for me. I think that's just for you. Yeah. He, said that to, he said that to Dan specifically, and then he said, fight the witches. And then he said to Dan, the witches want Bearjaw's power. Like, and then he said, dramatic. the witches want to kill you. They want to take your god spark. He said that to Caitlin. Yeah, it's a lot. And then he said, he's yeah. just listens. He, he hears everything. Uh, he said, the septicemia is not good. Evil. And then he came back and said, the septicemia is evil. They want your god spark. Heavy breathing. And then he said, the septicemia want to kill Bearjaw to get the god spark. And then... Finn said, I guess to Kevin, yep. beware the septicemia. Oh, no, so, hold on to it. That's a good one. <laughs> hold on to it. That's a good one. Also, Kevin I think Kevin one. World War One, basically oh, yes. on... I think the best is he pointed to the card with Scrimcorn's face and asked, is that... Oh, yeah, is that the septicemia? Almost. Almost. Oh, so close.